0: You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Let me fill you in on what's going on in the app in the month of February. Per the request of the girls in the app already, they're like, please teach us how to teach this to our kids. How do we show up intentionally? What do I like? How do we do this? And teach this to the kids because it's so important. Our kids learn this too. I I don't want them to learn this now. I want them to learn this while they're little. And I was like game for it. I'm so passionate about this topic. I didn't even realize until I started creating all this content for it that this is like a topic I feel really passionate about. Really excited to teach. It's only twenty five dollars a month to join. So you can join. You can get everything that we're doing in February, which is like you're gonna see four coaching calls a live workshop, like interactive workshop, where you can ask questions. We're going to be talking all things parenting, intentional and mindful parenting. There's going to be a kid meditation you can do with your kids. There's going to be family home evening lessons. There's going to be meditations for you to help you calm down and regulate yourself so you can show up the best you want. I hope you'll join us. It is going to be a fabulous month in the Getting Mindful app. All right. Today, we're going to talk about how to get our kids to do what we want. which is hilarious because the very first thing that you need to know is that your kids get to choose what they want. They have their own personal agency. And I wish we could control them and make them do exactly what we want, like stop fighting with their siblings or stop peeing the bed, but literally we don't have that type of power, which is such a bummer, but we just don't. We can't control our kids. All we can do is figure out how we can best get the results we want. And that's what today we're going to talk about in the podcast. The second thing you need to know is that you are not a victim to your kid's behavior. I know that this one can be very hard. (laughs) Your kid wakes up in the night and sometimes it feels like you're a victim to those early mornings. You think thoughts like, uh, like why do they always do this to me? Like when their kids fight all day, uh, why do I have to listen to this bickering? This isn't fair. Why do other kids behave better, man? Why do I have to sit through this?" oh, why do I have to get up and help you figure out how to do this thing? Or, oh, why does my kid talk to me like this? Right? And we just feel like a victim. But I want to remind you that if there is a victim in the story, there will always be a villain. And victims don't win. (laughs) Victims are powerless. And honestly, they don't get what they want in the end. Victims have villains that have power over them. Are we going to let our three-year-olds have power over us? Are we going to let our a hormonal 14-year-old daughter have power over our emotions when she's clearly struggling with her own are we going to let our 3-year-old have power over our emotions when clearly like they can't regulate their own yet they haven't learned that yet no we aren't be so aware if you are feeling personally victimized by one of your little kids or one of your older kids we really want to watch that because you're not going to show up and be able to teach them and be able to model to them how to regulate your emotions, how to not be a victim. You won't be able to model to them in the best way possible. Another thing with this one is to remember that you have your agency. You don't have to get up with your kid at night. You don't have to clean up the mill. You don't have to sit and help them resolve conflict with their sibling. We use the word have to, and we have to... stop. We don't have to stop, right? We use the word have to all the time but it is not serving us because it's not true. The reality is is that we want to. Because the alternative would also be terrible, even more terrible than sitting with them in the middle of the night. It would be giving them away or leaving them on the side of the road or whatever. This is a game of freedom from versus freedom to. You could choose the freedom from taking care of your kids, but you're going to lose your freedom to have kids. They're going to get taken away. So, you actually want to take care of your kids because that's so much better than losing the freedom to have them. So we need to be honest with ourselves. Giving away your power to three-year-olds is not helping you. Giving away your power to teenagers who literally don't even have developed minds yet, not helping you. You are not a victim to anyone, but especially not to your wild four-year-old. So now that that is out of the way, let's talk about how to get our kids to do what we want. This is actually a fun really fun game that I love to play. Once we were able to ditch that victim mentality and get really clear on the fact that we can't force anything. And also too, knowing that even if our kids' behavior gets better, they act differently, that your brain is just designed to find problems right now. So in other places, it's not, it's just going to go look for problems in other places and it's not even going to make you happier. AKA we detach from the outcome then this game becomes very fun. It's like, how can I show up for my kids in the best way to get the best results for me and them? This is something that I tell my clients that they should do with their husbands. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you can't control your husband. You can't force him to do the dishes, but like, let's play a game of how can we get our husband to do the dishes, right? So I have a solution for you guys and I think it's kind of cool. And here it is. All you need to worry about and do is managing yourself. Managing your own mind being conscious and making clear decisions not falling victim like your job Is to manage yourself once you learn to manage your own brain make conscious decisions as parents You're going to gain a crap ton of parenting power. You're going to have a lot of power in your house Literally your job is to control you as you control you Really helpful actions are going to follow Start asking yourself some questions. This is your first job. One, is yelling at my kids getting what I want? Are the things that I'm doing getting me what I want? And and I think it's good to just gain some clarity over this. For me, the truth is, in the short term, yes. Yelling at my kids works. If I use that psycho mom voice and I get ragey, they'll start cleaning up the house. They will, because they're scared of me. They're being led by fear. It's not, to me, it's not the way. I don't think it's useful, but the reality is, is in the short term, Yes, usually I get what I want. So, let's touch on that for a second. You yell at your kids, you guys, because it works in the moment. Like don't judge yourself so hard for it and be like, "Why do I do this? I'm such a or you do it because it works for a second and it takes the pressure off. It takes the the negative emotion away for a second. So don't judge yourself, but just recognize that it may not be getting you the long-term results you want, which is, you know, deep connections with your kids, kids who want to follow you because they feel a like heart connection to you. Then you can decide if you are going to continue in that direction or not. This is why it's important to just reflect, you know, ask yourself questions. Is letting my kids do whatever they want and me ignoring them getting what I want? Dang it, not for me. In fact, it's actually getting me the opposite. I'm wanting space and freedom a little bit. Well, ignoring my kids is actually getting me the opposite. What if I connected with them deeply? I did the opposite of what I feel like I want to do and I go connect with them then they can go play and they're not feeling like needy to me because they had that connection. So letting my kids do whatever they want and ignoring them is actually not getting what I want. Oh, that's good information. So maybe for you, you can write down what are the things that you're doing in your parenting and is it working? And then maybe ask yourself, what is working? So first it's like, what's not? And then second is what is, I'll tell you one of mine that's really working right now is going outside with my kids in nature And connecting with them is really working for us. They behave better. We get really connected. We enjoy being outside. They're learning grit. Like this is something in our home that is working. So I think it's good to do this little reflection exercise of like, what is working and what is not? This gives you clarity over what you might need to shift in your brain and start managing a little bit different. Like, for example, like me, sometimes I should ignore my kids. Like that's not working. We need to try something different. Okay. So once we get clarity over that, we can make those changes. Let's give this example. Let's say your kid pees the bed and you have the thought is like, shouldn't you have this figured out already? Why is this happening? I freaking hate cleaning pee. This sucks. Right. And then we feel frustrated and maybe we bark at them and we say something like, uh, dude, you got to stop peeing the bed. This is disgusting. Stop peeing the bed. Get up and go in the body. What are you? Uh, right?" We say something like that. And then they think a thought. I want to make this clear the words you say aren't what create their feelings, but very naturally, especially as a little person, the thought will come, My mom is mad at me. Or my mom thinks I'm disgusting. And then they will feel shame. And now when they think of going to the potty, they think of shame, and shame makes what you want to avoid. And so my guess is they create like a neuro association shame with the potty. And so then They don't ever want to get up and go to the potty because when they think of it, they think mommy doesn't like that. Mommy doesn't like that. I'm disgusting. We think it's going to get us the results we want. We bark at them. But then the reality is, is that we are still cleaning up pee because they're scared because the potty equals bad juju, right? So let's try that one again. Let's see how regulating ourselves and managing ourselves might actually get us the results that we want. So the circumstance stays the same. Kid pees the bed your thought is, of course you're peeing the bed because XYZ, I wonder what we could do to make this process easier for you and me. Lots of kids pee the bed. <laughs> this is very normal. This is not unique to you. Lots of kids pee the bed. What can we do to help you? What can we do to make this process easier for you? Notice that when we get out of victim mindset here, we gain power, we gain clarity, And we also gain the ability to solve problems. When you are in victim mindset, the solution, you'll never see the solution, even if it's right in front of you. When you step out of that victim headspace, you will see solutions and you'll find ways to actually solve the problems. So you're like, let's wonder what we could do. You feel empowered and calm. Your action is maybe like give your kid a hug, you get them cleaned up and you're like, okay, I have a plan. What if we did this so that you don't have to be dirty at night? What if we tried this? What if we have you go pee at the first of bedtime and at the end of bedtime, and then I'll wake you up once in the night? Whatever. You come up with a plan. The result is, is that you made a plan to implement and have so much better chance because your kid feels loved, not shame. They don't feel like it's disgusting. They're like, potty equals love, right? They're making that association instead. So let's try another one of these because I think these models can be super helpful, these mindset models. So again, the circumstance is going to stay the same. So let's say your kids are fighting. This is a big thing for parents, right? Like we're like, right? So let's say kids are fighting with their siblings. We think the thought, why are you guys always fighting? You need to be nicer to each other, right? And then we feel frustrated. We feel annoyed. We feel shame because we're like, if my kids, if I was teaching them good, then they would not fight. We, we have that thought, which is hilarious. I actually think something very opposite. And then the action is, so we think, uh, why are you guys doing this? We feel annoyed. We feel shame. And the action is, is we start barking at the kids. Why are you guys doing this? You guys need to be nicer. You're always fighting. And then we're literally calling in the action that we don't want, which is siblings fighting. And we're literally telling them, you're always fighting. They get in their brain. I'm always fighting. And then they feel annoyed and then they start fighting more right also the result is is you start fighting with your kids and we all learn that to handle conflict we get start frustrated and start barking at each other your job as the parent is to model the behaviors that you want to teach and to love those are your only jobs model teach love okay so first of all like we just want to be really careful because that thought is like uh why are you guys always fighting? You need to be nicer to each other. Why are my kids like this? Like when we ask those questions, we go to the negative bias. And the result is, is that we end up acting just like them, handling conflict in a way that doesn't serve anybody. And that's the model that they're learning from. So let's redo the model. And this time we're going to manage ourselves. Okay. We're going to manage our brain. The circumstance is, is kids are fighting. The thought is, oh, this is good. Perfect opportunity to model and teach my kids how to handle conflict. I heard something that I have to tell you guys, it totally changed my perspective on kids fighting with each other. This is from Ralphie from Simply on Purpose. I love her parenting style and I love her course. I have it. And so she says something that I just loved. She said, Kids fighting with siblings is really actually a good thing, it's purposeful. They need to fight with siblings. When they're young, because it teaches them how to handle conflict with people who aren't in their immediate family. Not only that, but also kids fighting in their family, like when there's conflict like that and they're trying to work through struggle and everything, that is a sign that they feel safe enough there. There's certain people you feel safe enough to just be like real with, right? And that's your family. And so I think that that shift in my brain has been really, really helpful to just be like, this is actually good. This is what they're supposed to be doing. They're learning how to handle conflict. Me always stepping in and taking it away or barking at them and trying to get them to stop is actually not always super useful. So thought, oh, this is good. Perfect opportunity to model and teach how to handle conflict. We feel calm. We feel empowered. Maybe we go talk to our kids. We give them ideas on how to handle their conflict. We model it. We even tell them maybe. I think it's good to say it. Like, oh, I was feeling conflict, like this conflict, this contention in our home, it was making me want to scream because it was like overstimulating me or whatever. And you can tell them that. And you say, but I, I managed my mind. I calmed myself down. And I wanted to ask you guys, like, do you need help working this out so that we can all feel a little better? And And then maybe you tell them good job once they've worked it out. And then the result is, is this is a perfect opportunity to model and teach how to handle conflict. And most likely they won't have to do it as much the more you do that. But here's the thing. A lot of you guys are already trying to parent like this. I know because I coach you. And you you know the actions. Like you're like I need to be gentle, like I need to <laughs> whatever, you know. I need to get down on their level. I need to talk to them and give them a hug when they're acting like this. I need to be loving, right? And that's the thought. It's like I need to be loving. But here's the thing. Unless you believe the thoughts, like this is good. This is a perfect opportunity to model and teach how to handle conflict. And you do the actions from a frustrated feeling, like so you're like frustrated and then you're like, honey, we need to be nice. That's going to feel fake. And humans are excellent at reading other people's emotions. Even little kids are. They can read your energy way before you say anything. And so we want to be really careful about that because we don't want to be fake. We want it to be heartfelt and unconditional and real. That means your job is to manage your thoughts before you start going and doing all the actions. Like, Get in charge of your brain. Talk back to your brain. You're struggling to get your heart settled into the feeling of love or into the feeling of empowered or into the feeling of confident or calm. But that truly is the work. What thoughts are creating your feelings right now? Be clear, it's not your kids' actions, it's your thoughts about your kids' actions. Manage yourself and watch your kids model you. Watch them completely change. Your job as a parent, this is something I love to teach, is your job is not to get them to be perfect. It is not to get them to have perfect behavior. Your job as a parent is to model. To teach and to love your kids. Model the behaviors. Be the person that you want them to become. So, you want them to stop fighting? Don't fight. Don't fight with them fighting. (laughs) I know that's difficult, but you can do it. If you want them to be outdoorsy and have grit, go be outdoorsy and have grit. You want them to learn the violin because you think it's so cool. Actually, maybe you need to learn the violin and show them. And model it. That is your job is first to model. The second thing is to teach. Find moments to teach. Teach, teach, teach. The teaching, I would say, even matters less than the modeling, but teach. And then the last one is to love them regardless of what they choose after you've modeled and you've taught. They have their own agency. They're going to get to choose whatever they want. They're going to get there, and they're going to choose poorly sometimes because they don't have experience to back them yet. And experience is what gives them the ability to choose from right and wrong. That's why we come to earth. So don't fight with kids not being perfect. They were never meant to be perfect. Your job is to just practice managing you. And as you do that, I think you're going to show up the very best for your kids, the very best for your family. And I'm guessing you're going to get way more of the results you want than when you just let your mind go crazy and run rampant. So you guys, You can do this. Start looking at what you're thinking. I slowed down and that really helped. So, if you're feeling like, but I just have so much to do and there's a little slow down. When I slow down, I speed up. The more I slow down and I just get present and conscious with my kids and like talk to them, look at them in the eye, not feel this rush energy, the more I'm able to manage my own brain. So, there's always enough time. And remember that when you slow down, you're actually giving yourself more time in the long run. So just slow down, take care of the need right in front of you. Look at your kids in the eye, love them, be present with them. That is what the work is. And I think you're just going to feel so good as you do it. So thanks for listening to you guys. Love having you. Come join us in February in the Getting Mindful app, gettingmindfulwithmegan.com, all the info you need. We'd love to have you there. We'll see you next time.